Dress, the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. With over 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the History of Fashion, a podcast that explores the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, Cassidy Zachary and April Callahan. It is once again time to put on our dress detective hats to do some sleuthing into listener questions, Cass. That's right, because it's Thursday, which means it is our weekly fashion history mystery minisode. And today's question is perfect for summer because it comes to us from a real-life mermaid. Yes, let's let the magic making begin. Yeah, a few weeks ago, we got an Instagram direct message from Skye, the Virginia mermaid, who travels all around the globe working as a professional mermaid. I mean, I I have to say that I thought being a fashion historian was a pretty cool job, but I mean, being a jet-setting mermaid might just take the cake, (laughs) April. (laughs) This mermaid culture is completely new to me, and I have to say I am fascinated by all of it. These women are absolutely stunning in this colorful array of rainbow tails. I completely agree. It, they are stunning and beautiful and, and athletes all in their own. So, But Sky wrote to us saying, quote, Greetings, April and Cassidy. My name is Hannah. Cass, I think Sky is her mermaid oh. name. Yeah. And she says, I am a professional mermaid performer and work for Finn Folk Productions, a company that makes custom swimmable mermaid tails. I'm a huge fan of the show and would love to hear about the origin of the mermaid silhouette. And she goes on to write, you all have mentioned Annette Kellerman on your show, who the mermaid community recognizes as the first professional mermaid. And she designed a lot of her own costumes for her swims herself and also starred in silent films as a mermaid with some of those mermaid costumes. My biggest question is though, the origin and reach of the classic mermaid gown silhouette that is incredibly popular in wedding gowns, Barbie's early evening gown looks, and formal attire in the 20th century. And I was quite intrigued with this because I was, of course, familiar with the silhouette that Hannah's referring to, which is when a dress or a gown is, is kind of a sheath that clings tightly to the body, only to flare out mid-calf. And of course, there are variations as to where this flare begins, but basically it mimics the silhouette of a mermaid's torso and tail. And you better bet, dress listeners, that we headed straight to our databases of historic fashion magazines to investigate when the term mermaid was first used. And actually, it was a tad more challenging than we anticipated, right, April? Yes, and that is because we got a lot of hits. So one of the databases I started with was Harper's Bazaar, and it was launched first in 1867. So when I typed in the term mermaid, it searched back all the way through more than 150 years of the magazine. And so many of these early instances of the word were in short stories where there was a mermaid who was a character. Yeah, and we should probably mention here that short stories were a staple of many fashion and ladies' magazines during the 19th century. And at at this time, Harper's in particular was really more like a lifestyle magazine that included fashion. So that, that makes a little bit more sense. Yes. And I'm going to be honest with you all. Some of these short stories are a little tedious to read now. (laughs) They're not exactly fast paced. So it did take me a little while to sort through all of those mermaid references before I stumbled upon its use in reference to the silhouette in the July 1st, 1899 issue of Harper's Bazaar, which said, quote, 
The growth of popularity of the mermaid skirt of the past months has been constantly opposed by some leading dressmakers at home and abroad. At last, it may be said that these discreet arbiters of fashion are swaying their clients back to consent to a more desirable fullness of drapery. Some of Worth's latest productions introduce tucks in the waistline, the fullness thereafter falling free. At the top, the skirt is gathered closely into as narrow a space as possible. Hmm, so it seems that just the top three inches of the skirt clung to the body, and then there was this train that emerged in the back from there. So maybe not exactly what we think of as a mermaid silhouette today. No, not really. What we think of as the mermaid silhouette would not really emerge until the late 20s after hemlines began to drop. Because during the middle of the 20s, hemlines hit just below the knee. But starting approximately 1927, 1928 onwards, they would slowly make their descent to become the ankle and floor length styles of the 1930s. An article in the May 14th, 1929 issue of Women's Wear Daily announces, quote, higher waistline and mermaid silhouette receive attention. The article describes new dress styles offered by the New York department store Bonwit Teller and notes one of these endorses a mermaid silhouette introducing two circular flounces attached to a band inserted above the knees. Now that sounds exactly like the mermaid silhouette that we know and love today. So I think that we can more or less pinpoint the quote-unquote modern mermaid silhouette to sometime around 1929. And Cass, this date got me thinking back to Hannah's message when she mentioned Annette Kellerman and her silent films. And I was thinking that perhaps Kellerman's on-screen appearances as a mermaid may have had something to do with the rise of the silhouette in 1929. But alas, I don't think so. Because as far as I can tell, the last time that she appeared as a mermaid on screen was in the 1918 film, Queen of the Sea, which is, of course, a full decade before this increased interest in the mermaid silhouette. But fashion's interest did not wane, and a subtle sloping version of the silhouette is frequently seen on evening gowns of the 30s and the 40s. And then during the 1950s, there's a much more pronounced, even bouffant mermaid silhouette, which was a favorite of many haute couturiers, including Pierre Balmain, Jacques Fath, and Marcel Rochas, whose spectacular strapless mermaid gown was captured by Irving Penn in the September 15th. 1950 issue of Vogue. It's described as, quote, shaped in black velvet with a fin fan of black taffeta pleats, a sweep of black leaves glistening and black paillettes. Paired with black shoulder length gloves and a tool wrap, it's a stunning ensemble. This article goes on to say that practically every couture collection that season featured gowns fashioned in this mermaid line. And we have to remember that 1950, this was the golden age of haute couture cast. So when the work of these top couturiers and the top fashion photographers like Penn met up in the pages of fashion magazines, I mean, it was magic. It was really a level of elegance that's hard to be rivaled. And I think that this is part of the reason why this silhouette remains so popular today is because of its association with these extremely glamorous periods of the 1950s. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and personally, when I think of the silhouette in contemporary terms, I immediately think of bridal wear. So apparently it's not just me that feels this way because <laughs> I popped on over to Kleinfeld Bridal's website and they have a search function that lets you search by different things, by color, by material, um, also by silhouette. And it lets you search by six different silhouettes one of which is mermaid. 
So Hannah, aka Sky, we hope this answers your question and we wish you the best of luck in all of your underwater adventures. And April, I actually thought this was a great opportunity to talk about the fact that Disney just cast an African-American actress and R&B singer, Halle Bailey, as Ariel for the upcoming live action remake of The Little Mermaid, which is so exciting. Yay! And so I think you and I are very much looking forward to that. And as NBC News reported, the casting actually marks the first time that Disney has cast a woman of color to play a traditionally white princess for its live action films. And this is something I personally hope to see more of in the future because all young girls and boys should have the opportunity to see themselves represented as princes and princesses. For sure. And dress listeners, you heard me mention the golden age of haute couture earlier, and that just also happens to be the topic of our upcoming live episode at Dallas Museum of Art. We will be joining the DMA as part of their late night series on Friday, August 16th, so please come by if you are in Texas and say hello. Our portion of the evening begins at 9 p.m. And if you're not in Texas, but you are in New York next month, you can also come say hello at our upcoming panel discussion at Bard Graduate Center in New York City. That'll be on Thursday, September 19th. And this conversation is going to be held in conjunction with their upcoming exhibit, French Fashion, Women, and the First World War. So these are both ticketed events. So head on over to the Dallas Art Museum and Bard websites for more information and we will also keep periodically posting links to those tickets as well. Well, I think that does it for our first Mermisode this week, April. Uh (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) May you all consider dress listeners adding a little underwater flair to your ensemble next time you get dressed. If you'd like to write to us with a suggestion for an upcoming fashion history mystery, you can do so at dressed at iheartmedia.com. Or direct message us on Instagram at dressed underscore podcast. This is also our Twitter handle. You can follow us on Facebook at dressed podcast without the underscore. And of course, please join us for our full length episode next Tuesday. And last but not least, thank you to our producers, Casey Pegram, Holly Fry, and everyone else at iHeartRadio that makes the show possible each and every week. Dress the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.